Good morning. How does your garden grow? Oh, not you again. Is that any way to greet an old friend, Sir Humphrey? We're not friends. I see the snowdrops are out early this year. You might as well get to the point, old boy. What is it you want of me? You can't have failed to see the newscasts. We're at the brink of war with those people you report to when you aren't reporting to us. Yes, and I know all about your part in the Ferrore X06. You killed their sea dragon, didn't you? I was under orders. Bad orders. Shame about poor old Collins, wouldn't you say? Killed in service by an agent of an unknown power who has acted to try and set us in the red block at each other's throats. The British Security Service is in disgrace. I don't know anything about that, old boy. I know you don't. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to wave a white flag on our behalf with your Chinese masters. Tell them that we were duped. Some foreign power, or alien power, is trying to play us against each other and we now have a common enemy. What makes you think they'll believe me? This time you happen to be telling them the truth. Convince them. I say that helijet is flying a bit low, isn't it? Is it one of ours? That's not one of ours, Sir Humphrey. I think we'd better take cover. Get down! British security service was in disarray. Its London headquarters had been bombed, the staff dead or unaccounted for, including my boss, Mr. Brawley. There were procedures in place, even for catastrophes like that, and a week later a new headquarters had been established in a top-secret location in the English countryside, an underground base with heightened security arrangements. The pieces were being picked up, one by one, the loose ends being dealt with, including me. I was placed under new management and new rules. You can send X06 in now, Miss Adams. He'll see you now, X06. Yes, thank you. I have ears. Why don't you sit down, X06? Thank you, sir. Commander Sinclair, I don't believe we've met. Well, I'm all ears. Tell me all about it. You've had my report. But I like to hear things from the horse's mouth. No disrespect. Tell me about the aircraft. It was a Model 5 helijet. No markings. Swooped down from the sky dust like a hawk. And what was the firepower used? Old-fashioned bullets from a cannon mounted between the landing skids, sir. I saw it extend from underneath, but I was a little too late to successfully warn Sir Humphrey. I do appreciate it would be hard to tell, but in your opinion, were they aiming for you or for him? For him. 
No one knew I was there, and I found no evidence that I was being tracked, whereas Sir Humphrey was quite predictably tending to his garden, as he did at that time every morning. The third of our agents killed within the space of a week. It would seem to me, X06, that what we're witnessing is the complete and total annihilation of the British Security Service. I agree, sir. Though is this the Red Chinese retaliation for the Sea Dragon job, or something else? You're referring to this third-party theory of yours again. Colonel Holtz was some kind of ultra-sophisticated robot who self-destructed when she had achieved her aim of pitting us against the opposition. It was very clear in the footage of the explosion. Quite so. I should like to examine that footage. Please do. In the meantime, if you don't mind, I'd like to follow up on some leads. Sit down. Please, X06. You're to consider yourself grounded for the time being. But, sir... Since the loss of Mr. Brawley, I am now the interim head of the British Security Service, and I order you to stay inside this building until further notice. You don't trust me, do you, Sinclair? Trust doesn't come into it. Agents are a dwindling and therefore valuable resource. I can't afford to lose you, X06. Not yet, anyway. You can use the time to try and identify the pilot from our central records computer. You didn't recognize him, I take it? No, I didn't. But you saw enough of his face to make an identification? Perhaps. So while I go away and look at most wanted pictures, what happens now? I've been called to the World Government's Peace Committee in Geneva, leaving tonight. There I will attempt to explain the actions of the British Security Service over the last few weeks, and no doubt I shall be required to prostrate myself in front of the Chinese delegate and beg her for forgiveness. Relations are in a pretty serious state right now, aren't they? That's an understatement. I don't think the threat of atomic war has ever been stronger, at least in the last hundred years, that is. We're going to have to talk ourselves out of this, X06, whatever the cost. That is another reason why I require you to stay here. I'm going to have you attend the committee by video link. Your testimony will be essential to my argument. My testimony? You make it sound like a trial. Oh, it is a trial, X06. It most certainly is. Good day. Miss Adams, please give X06 access to the central records computer. Will do, sir. Now, here you are. This pass will grant you entry. <clears throat> I'm obliged. One moment, sir. Your pass, please. Here it is. This seems to be in order. May I go in now? You can, sir. Thank you so much. Oh, one more thing. Jimmy, isn't it? That's right. I have an awful lot of records to look through, and it's rather urgent that I make an identification. I don't want any interruptions. Do you understand what I'm saying? The computer room is reserved for you only. Is that right? At least for the next seven hours. Commander Sinclair's orders. Oh, well, if that's his instruction. The computer is all yours. I'm obliged. Oh, and sir, you should also know I'm following the commander's orders regarding you. I'm not to leave headquarters, correct? Bang on, X06. I hope you're not going to be troublesome, are you? Me? Troublesome? 
Besides, it's a locked room. Where else could I go? Up the ventilation shaft, as it turned out. The central records computer was a mighty beast that required constant air conditioning, and the central shaft went straight upwards from it to the surface above. I carefully removed the covering to the shaft and shimmied up, making as little noise as possible as it seemed likely that any sound I made would be magnified and potentially audible to other workers in the building. After 15 minutes of slow, deliberate progress, I reached the top and peered through the grating out of the English countryside. I just hoped that Jimmy would keep his word and make sure I wasn't disturbed, at least until I made it back after I'd completed my task. After some gentle persuasion, the grating swung open on a hinge and I tumbled out into the open air. I was catching my breath when I caught a glimpse of a sentry approaching. I dived for cover until the man passed and peered around the side of the air conditioning unit to check to see if I'd been spotted. I couldn't tell for certain, but the guard continued to walk in my general direction until eventually he came to a stop just feet away from me. I wondered whether to attack the man or give myself up when... This is Unit 7. Come in, please. Reading you loud and clear, Phil. Just checking in. Nothing to report. Repeat. Over and out. I just hoped my sigh of relief wasn't audible. I knew my freedom was only temporary and fleeting, so I determined to waste no time. I had recognised the pilot of the helijet. The man's name was Stefan Dillo, a gun for hire. I failed to mention this to Commander Sinclair for the obvious reason that I don't trust him one inch. His ascension to power within the BSS was all too quick and convenient for my liking. I had questions for Stefan Dillo that I wanted to ask him in person. I found the nearest public video call booth and placed a call. Henri, can you hear me? It's a bad line. I can read you loud and clear, Monsieur X. You have escaped the hospitality of your new boss, eh? I did, but I don't have long until he realises. Have you tracked our man down? He is currently enjoying the fine wines of the Hotel Paradise, Paris. That was quick. How did you find him so fast? We already had a team following him for several days. I have dismissed them for the moment. You are not the only one interested in Monsieur Delot. I'm sure. Are you coming to visit us? Yes, on the next monorail train out there. I should be less than an hour. I hope you have not forgotten the price of my assistance, eh, mon ami? Don't worry. I have the parcel with me. Oh, then I look forward to seeing you in Paris. Paris in the springtime. The beautiful French city was the stomping ground of Henri Leclerc, my opposite number in the French security division. Henri was always happy to help, for a price. I caught up with him in an apartment room he had been using for surveillance opposite the Hotel Paradise. You made it just in time. He is about to check out of the hotel. Put the headphones on and you will hear him. That's okay. I'll take your word for it. Which room is he in? 206. You had better be quick. It sounds like he is preparing to leave now. Thank you for your help, Henri. Eh, eh. You have the parcel, yes? Here it is, as requested. Mmm. The Cornish pasty. Exquisite. It's still warm. Mmm. You know, it strikes me as very odd that a Frenchman should love such a quintessentially English food. 
Don't you feel like a traitor, Henri? I would never say this to my fellow countrymen, but Yorkshire pudding, black pudding, toad in the hole, jellied ears, spotted dick. These are truly the food of the gods. He's on the move. I'd better go. Be seeing you. Don't cause any problems, mon ami. Stefan Dillo was walking down the steps of the Hotel Paradise when he saw me approach. Either he recognised me, or his sixth sense warned him I was a threat. But he ran to the hover bike park at the left of the hotel and quickly mounted his bike, a Flashjet 2000. He kick-started the vehicle and flew off down Avenue Montaigne, swerving to avoid a pedestrian before tearing past a musical organ, scattering the tourists gathered around it, enjoying the traditional music. I used the universal key gadget in my wristwatch to start the engines of a Flashjet 3000, exiting the hotel car park. I gave a brief thought to the owner who had just had his pride and joy stolen. I resolved to try and return it in one piece. I also nearly knocked down a tourist, but dodged them just in time. I tailed Dillo up the avenue and off into a side street. Dillo risked a glance behind him and saw I was still following. He grinned, as despite the danger, the thrill of the chase excited him. He branched off from street to street, drawing the attention of the crowds with his dangerous flight. I kept him in my sight at all times, despite his efforts to shake me off, and despite several near misses from other road users. A garbage truck suddenly pulled out in front of me, and I was forced to decelerate until it had cleared my path. I cursed as each passing second increased the chance of Dillo escaping me. Dillo, on the other hand, was smiling, pleased with himself that he had managed to place the obstacle between us. The wind ruffled his hair as he flew on with a growing sense of confidence that he would get away. Which I quickly dispelled, having caught up with him by taking a shortcut. I waved my hand in an indication for him to slow down and stop, and he seemed to consider it for a moment. He cut his engines and slowed. I followed suit, but then he flicked the accelerator and soared off. Britting my teeth, I grave chased once more, and the first doubt entered my mind that I might not be able to catch up with him. Once you give in to a negative thought, others inevitably follow, and I wondered then what might be happening back in England. Miss Adams, how is X06 getting on? He's still in the central computer room, sir. Did we see him go in? I watched him on the camera, sir. And the room is guarded, correct? As you instructed. Hmm. Good. Good. Still, I think I'll go and pay him a visit, see how he's getting on. There was no time to apologise to the man I only narrowly avoided cutting down. I swung the hoverbite into the alley taken seconds before by Stefan Dillo and was confronted, as he must have been, by the hard fact that this road went nowhere. A dead end. Dillo had abandoned his bike and was attempting to escape on foot when I slowed down and caught up with him. Cornered man is a dangerous man, so I unholstered my gun as I walked over to him. Stop right there, or I'll shoot you where you stand. Who are you? What do you want? I think you know who I am and what I want. You were hired to kill Sir Humphrey, and probably a few other British Security Service agents. Don't deny it. I saw you in the cockpit of the Helijet and recognised your face immediately. I'd like a little chat with you in private but it seems you want to do things the hard way. I don't know what you are talking about. The next one's aimed at your left kneecap. Uh, now who hired you? I will tell you nothing. Was it the Chinese? Or someone, something 
else. Something? Something? You're crazy! Probably. <laughs> but your reaction to the question told me what I wanted to know. It was the Chinese. Thank you, Mr. Dillo. I just need to confirm that you are indeed a man of flesh and blood. Flesh and blood? How will you do that? Unfortunately for you, there is a very simple solution no, to that. Please. One moment, sir. Your pass, please. You recognize me, Jimmy, surely. That's true, Commander, but I'd still like to see your pass. Excellent, Jimmy, excellent. Quite right. I don't think we'll have any slip-ups on your watch, will we? There. Can you let me through? I'd like to see what our man X06 is up to. Very good, sir. There you go. X06? Are you... Oh! There you are. You look surprised to see me, sir. It's not that, it's just... The computer isn't on. That's right. It isn't. I'm done. You found our man. Oh, I got him all right, Commander. I got him. We did not know it then, but somewhere elsewhere in the solar system, in a steel cavern strewn with cables and wire, an assembly of robotic intelligences drew their plans against us. Alpha One, please awaken. Why do you disturb my rest? My apologies, Alpha One. This update warranted interrupting your recharge cycle. There has been an unfortunate development in the prediction matrix. You will explain. Rogue elements has been encountered which may jeopardize our program. This man is attempting to track us down. Now who hired you? I will tell you nothing. Was it the Chinese? Or someone? Something else? Thus far, he has been unsuccessful. But our Richard algorithm is unable to calculate the odds of him failing in his efforts against us. This man is unpredictable. This man is dangerous. This man must be eliminated. Send the instruction to our agents on Earth. Human designated X06 is to be destroyed. Our program will succeed. Our program will succeed. Our program will succeed. XO6 Future Spy, New Rules, was written and performed by James Baxter with Sarah Cross. Music by Mr. Brown. <laughs>